Diocese of Churches for the Sake of Others is pleased to present the C4SO podcast, a place to celebrate the voices and values of C4SO. C4SO is a national diocese of the Anglican Church in North America, led by Bishop Todd Hunter. You can learn more about us at c4so.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the C4SO podcast. I'm your host, Ben Sternke, and we are in the middle of a little mini-series on church planting right now. On the podcast, a couple of weeks ago, we talked with Bishop Todd um, and with the Reverend Brad Swopes about um, C4SO's vision for planting and some of the practicalities uh, of planting, uh, the process of um exploring planting in C4SO. And then last week we talked with some planters who are in the kind of the pre-launch phase um, where they're preparing and building relationships and fundraising and uh, that kind of thing, but not worshiping yet. And today we're going to focus on uh, kind of what you might consider the next phase of uh, church planting, which is the early stages of gathering publicly for worship as a church plant. So our guests today are both in that stage, and I'm eager to hear from them about how things are going and what they're learning. The Reverend Sandy Richter is planting Christ Our Peace in Oak Park, Illinois. Welcome back to the C4SO podcast, Sandy. Thanks, Ben. Great to be here. Yes. Sandy's been on the podcast before as a guest and as a co-host. So she's <laughs> like fun. a, you're, yeah, you're like a, a an alumnus. <laughs> uh, and also um, someone who's also been on the podcast before, the Reverend Austin Becton is with us. He's planting Good Shepherd in Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome back, Austin. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me, Ben. Yeah. We talked with you. What was it? Oh, it was the uh, Reimagining Church after COVID. You, you kind of did this both of you guys have had the fun experience of planting a church in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yep. Yeah, which is Indeed. something that people haven't been doing, haven't done this for probably at least a hundred years. So yeah, yeah. welcome to it. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's, let's uh, do some, just some introductions. Um, I'd love to hear from each of you, Sandy, we could maybe start with you, just a brief kind of spiritual and ministry background and how you found yourself planting in C4SO. Yeah. Great question. So I am a PK, my pastor's kid, Mm -hmm. um, and I grew up in the Church of God out of Anderson, Indiana, um, close to you. Yeah, yeah, just up the road. Yeah. Um, And then was in a couple of other denominations and in my early 20s kind of sensing a call to vocational ministry, but not really knowing what that was. And in all of the traditions that I was in, really couldn't imagine saying yes to what holy orders would mean. Uh, And then I found the (laughs) Anglican church and just, or it found me or however that works. Um, And just got an imagination for, especially the three streams idea of being able to bring together um, all these beautiful parts of our Christian tradition. And yeah, so that's where Mm. it kind of came together for me. I, (laughs) I never wanted to be a church planter. Um, when I was in seminary, I took a church planting class and it was really based on kind of the seventies idea of church planting. And I was allergic to everything that I read. Uh, it was so uh, not the way that I wanted to start a church, lead a church, anything like that. But then the gift is that I came, the Anglican church that I, 
that we came into um, was church planted by, uh, they were in their 60s when they church planted, a husband and wife couple, Bill and Linda Richardson. Mm-hmm. And Bill calls himself the most reluctant church planter of all time. Mm-hmm. And I thought if he could do this, and I was yeah. I was coming into the church that was 10 years strong, very healthy, yeah. um, totally different than the other things I had seen. I thought, oh man, I could, I could start to imagine this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the story kind of goes from there, but yeah. my my call to vocation and my call to church planting sort of came together hmm. in that. Yeah, that's great, Sandy. I really resonate with that. I especially the the sort of having a vague sense, like a like it was a, it was an undeniable sense. Like I couldn't stop thinking about church planting, but every time mm-hmm. I, I looked into, and this was years ago, in you know two thousand six, I think I started thinking about this. But every like program or like process that I looked yeah. into, I was like, Ugh, not that. Yeah. I don't really have <laughs> any energy for that. So why do I think I want to plant a church? I have no right? idea. So yeah, I was grateful to find a, a different way of doing it. So absolutely. Yeah, great. Austin, how about you? Spiritual background, ministry background, how, how do you find yourself planting in C4SO? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I probably have a little bit similar experience. I was raised in a, in a Pentecostal pastor's home. Okay. Um, so I grew up as a PK yeah. um, as well. Um, very long story short, we ended up moving to Austin, Texas, um, you know, after Caitlin, my wife and I got married and worked with two church plants there. Um, one was a, a failed church plant and the other one is a flourishing church now. And so we kind of got this full, like round experience yeah. in those processes. And I remember looking at Caitlin one time and just being like, I will never church plant. Mm. Um, and so somebody was telling me that the the other day and I was like, just be careful what you say, (laughs) (laughs) be careful what you say. Um, but in the course of being in Austin, Texas and working with the church, those church plants, um, got connected with a couple Anglican clergy down there. And that was a beautiful story in and of itself, um, (laughs) of God bringing my wife and I to this space that we just, we would call home. Hmm. Um, and so that was a really beautiful time for us. Um, but I would say what really attracted us to C4SO was just the overall like mission, vision, the people, um, and the spaciousness that, Mm -hmm. that Bishop Todd really strives to create. Mm -hmm. And I know that can be scary for some, um, but I think that spaciousness really creates this, um, space of tension that is the Hmm. breeding ground for the gospel. Hmm. And so, um, you know, that was really what led us to, to kind of seek out and pursue C4SO um, when we started filling this pool into church planting, okay. even though I tried to reject that call so many times. Yeah, but. yeah. That's great. Well, thanks for sharing that. Appreciate that. Um, so you guys are both in the early stages of gathering. You both gather on Sundays. Um, just give us a sense of what what this is like. These these uh, episodes are called "What It's Like to Plant a Church." So, what what is it like right now for you as kind of the primary church planter uh, in this context? What do you do with your day? What uh, how are you funded? I think that's always an, that, that was a question for me all the time. Like, how does he, how do you pay for this? Like, who pays the bills? What's going on here? How does this work? Um, so, anyway, so kind of what you spend your time doing, how you're funded, and then like. If there is like a next phase that you have in your mind, what what will be the indicators that let you know it's time to move into something new or into something different? Um, so anyway, I'd love to hear from both of you on that. Austin, do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say, you know, like our, our uh, we'll just, let's start with funding. So fun, funding was an interesting thing. So we started March 15th of 2020. 
Um, we had this, you know, That's grand amazing. plan. Yeah. Had this grand That's plan like to do all these timing. Like, Exactly. I mean, in the just, wrong way, right? Nailed, nailed right. it. That's in my mind, March 15th was the Sunday that I was like, oh, wait, we probably need to change. I think the 15th was when we had to change some things about. No, the exactly. 15th was the first Sunday we stopped. We didn't meet. Yeah. I think yes. that was it. Yeah. That uh, was the it. Sunday before that, I was like, ah, this is, this is, anyway. <laughs> anyway, that, that's incredible that you, that you started on that day. Anyway, I just wanted to comment. Yeah. On that. Yeah, yeah, so we, okay. we started on that day. We had planned like all these brunch gatherings and stuff that we were going to start gathering on Sunday and kind of doing morning prayer and sharing a meal together. And, you know, like all that was shot. Yeah. And wow. so we started gathering online. Well, everything we did from there on out was online. So our overhead was was really mm. and really low. Yeah. That's um, and so we were able to, you know, just through generosity of the people in our parish, like put some money aside and whatnot. Okay. But all that to say is right now we're probably at a 75-25 split with funding. Uh, about 75 sure. of that is coming from our parish right now. Okay. Um, and then Where does the rest of it come from? Just very, various generous donors from the outside. Okay. Um, We've reached out to individuals, to churches that various people are connected with, okay. friends, family, yeah. Yeah, so forth. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm also bivocational right now. Okay. So about half my time is spent. I do consulting work, um, for essentially companies that are about to go public. So we oh. do like IPO readiness, oh, uh, whatnot. Okay. Um, and so that, you know, that, that's a little bit of attention there, but mm-hmm. mostly in the, in the week I would say, you know, and this is, I, I put this down cause I think it's a really important one, but like a good chunk of my time is is prayer and just like spiritual discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really what keeps my heart focused on what's really important in this process of church planting. There's so, so many opportunities to become competitive, jealous, mm. um, comparing ourselves to, you know, what X, Y, and Z church is doing. Yeah. And so just really trying to lean into what the Holy spirit is doing here in Nashville and yeah. doing specifically in good shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um, rest of it, mission, vision, casting, we, we have a, a chunk of new people here, so there's a lot of getting together, coffees, lunches, beers, dinners, you know, you name it, um, which is all wonderful and exciting, you know, but it just, it takes time. Yeah. And we've been really spending a lot of time community building, um, and I'm in the process now of learning how to actually delegate leadership, <laughs> oh. <laughs> which is like, it's, I, I, I thought this would be like an easy thing, but I've found it surprisingly hard. Yes. It's just, you know, like you did it. By yourself for so long and so now it's yeah. like you're handing off and like yeah. people have a little bit different vision for it and it's great mm-hmm. um so that's been a learning process and taking some okay. time to kind of do that but, yeah 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 I, fi- I find the same thing it's easy for me to do it myself uh and it's easy for me to just hand it to somebody if i'm confident they can do it the hard yeah. part for me is training somebody mm-hmm. to, do, to mm-hmm. do what i know how to do um mm-hmm. i find that difficult for whatever reason personality thing probably so yeah anyway Sandy, how about you? What what do you spend your time doing? How are you funded? Yeah, so we right just started meeting weekly three weeks ago. So, oh, so this is real this recent. Is okay, real recent, yeah. and we're also planning my ordination service, which is three weeks from now. Okay, so um, that I generally love to do what Austin said. I really think lots of time in prayer and spiritual discernment is yeah. is my lifeblood. I'm really missing that right now because there's just a mm. lot of logistics. Like yeah. I 
am at my computer, like on planning center for hours a day, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, or on Slack, like putting messages down or, you know, so there's just a lot of logistics. And part of that is that um, I'm the only staff person right now. I have an intern, which is great. And he is very helpful. Um, But so we also launched children's worship three weeks ago. So, um, you know, there's just, there's a lot of logistics to do. Um, and then in addition to that, trying to meet with people and, um, which I love, that's, that's much more life giving to me. So just finding Mm -hmm. those balance Mm -hmm. rhythms. I think one of the, the nuggets of wisdom that maybe the Lord has given me or hope that the Lord has given me recently is I will get into rhythms of this and I will get to imagine again and to sit with the Lord again and to sort of, so when you say, what would the next stage be? I think the next stage will be just not so focused on getting weekly service done yeah. so that there'll be the space for, like we're very committed to, you know, being integrated into the neighborhood. Well, that Mm -hmm. takes a different kind of work than the work we're Mm -hmm. doing right now. Thankfully, I will say one of the real gifts of COVID is our core team is really solid because mm. we started meeting um, January of 2020 as a core team. Okay. We met three times in person and then went um, online weekly. And it, mm. it actually became a very beautiful time for our team to um, talk about all the things that we needed to talk about, but also just to build community. And I remember Kimberly Deckel, who was ahead of me, they were mm-hmm. launching when we were just starting. Yeah. She said to me, um, take as much time as you possibly can with the pre-launch and the building into the core team. And I really see that bearing fruit now because we had a year mm. and a half of that. Yeah. So that was really, really rich. Yeah. Maybe against you. I mean, you were forced into a year yeah. and a half of that. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. But but it was it ended up bearing some good fruit. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. 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 I also appreciate that sort of um, vision of saying like eventually there'll be some volunteers equipped to handle some of these logistics and that kind of thing. But that, that is what, I mean, for us too, that was what it was like when we first started gathering, like, cause we're sort of, we, we didn't come out. It wasn't like a ton of people coming out of a certain church with a certain Mm -hmm. tradition. So we sort of had to like teach everybody how to do it all Mm -hmm. while we were learning to do it all. (laughs) And then, you know, we'd, we'd mess it up, you know, three or four weeks in a row and be like, oh gosh, how do we, how do, oh, and then, you know, get yeah. some good advice and be like, okay, oh, I get it. Yeah, we can do yes. that. Exactly. You know what I mean? So we're always, always sort of tweaking, but it does, it feels like it takes so much time yeah. uh, sometimes. So, so anyway, yeah. so hopefully that'll get locked in for you. Yeah, for sure. In the next and I'll just weeks. say something about funding just because ours is a little bit yeah. different. Yeah. And I think Go it's ahead. a really beautiful um, uh, way that we're being supported. So we are being launched from a parent church from a mother Mm -hmm. church, uh, church of the savior. And for years they have been setting aside money for a church plant. So what's really great is that my, my salary is funded. Now I'm part-time, but still my salary is funded through church of the saviors kind of seed money for us. And then beyond that, I've been fundraising in similar ways that Austin was talking about. Um, but I just want to kind of put that vision out there for churches to be thinking about how can you be already setting Mm -hmm. up future churches. Yeah, that's good. It's time once again, friends, for the C4SO Cycle of Prayer Spotlight, where we highlight the ministry that we're praying for this week in our diocesan cycle of prayer. And this week we're praying for St. Peter's Church in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. 
led by the Reverend A.J. Sherrill, and he has joined us to share briefly about what's going on right now and how we can pray for them. A.J., welcome back to the C4SO Cycle of Prayer Spotlight. Yeah, always great to join you, Ben. Yeah. Um, what's uh, one thing you're encouraged by right now it's happening at St. Peter's? Uh, in a world of fits and starts, um, there is some really beautiful momentum. People are mm. just um, really desiring to connect, and so many new people at our church that want to be known. And so mm. we have a, a real longing to rid loneliness in our community, because that's like a significant issue in the Mount Pleasant, Charleston area. Okay. Um, so that's what we've been going after, and people have been really locking in, deeply um, showing up to relationship, and, mm. uh, and that's been super encouraging. Yeah. That's a theme uh, I've heard from quite a few people is a lot of new people, kind of as the pandemic has loosened up a little bit. Um, there's a lot of new people attending church, which is interesting. Yeah, encouraging nonetheless. Yes, for sure. Uh, what's the challenge that you guys are facing right now at St. Peter's? Uh, yeah, I think we are in a place where we are discerning as a community and challenge like in the best way here um, mm-hmm. as to whether we have the resources, both like not just monetarily, but really like time-wise and competency to um, welcome an uh, Afghan refugee family. So we've been asked to consider that invitation. Um, They're trying Mm -hmm. to find about 10 to 15 partners here, Lutheran Services is. And um, we as a church are really taking seriously um, a six to 12 month uh, financial and hospitable commitment to welcome um, these incredible people into our city and to help them integrate um, it's just staggering how little they will have when they land uh, mm-hmm. here. And so what that means for us, we want to take really seriously to make sure that, uh, as Jesus said, like before you build a house, like make sure you got all the stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And we're taking that like really seriously. Like how do we steward that opportunity and not just say yes, because it feels right and good, but mm-hmm. that we actually are committed to pulling this off to the best right. of our ability. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's wise. Um, how can we pray for you then? I mean, that's uh, right it. Now. That's yeah. it. We, Discernment. Uh, you know, we, we have a few missional partners globally. Um, this is not just like a global opportunity, but a local one in, in which mm-hmm. the globe, that being Afghanistan in this case, is coming wow. into our midst. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, what an incredible um, responsibility that I feel like is before yeah. us. So pray yeah. for us that um, people will, um, you know, you never know how these things land politically for people that right. people um, would care very little about that and care very mm-hmm. much about the way of Jesus. So just mm-hmm. pray for hearts that it would be a kingdom endeavor and not like some sort of agenda one way or the other that they feel like is um, either incongruence or in incongruence uh, with yeah. their you know political leanings. Um, and, and I think more than anything that we would have resource that people would sacrificially say, this is what it means to be the church and I'm willing to... Yeah. do what I have, what what I can and give what I have uh, to seeing uh, people welcomed and loved. Okay. Well, very good. AJ, thanks for spending a little bit of time with us today. Yeah. Grace and peace to you, Ben, and to all of you at C4SO. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to find out more about uh, St. Peter's Church or to contribute to their work, uh, check out the link in the show notes. Uh, listeners, you, if you'll remember a couple episodes ago um, when Brad Swopes talked about the residency program that yeah. we're starting to put into place, which will be another way for ch- uh, parishes to kind of come alongside church planters and the diocese to try to launch um, sister churches. And th- those would be churches that don't go, you know, 
you know, out to some other city, but maybe some other neighborhood in your city. And so mm-hmm. you can kind of launch these uh, kind of a cluster almost of parishes in a, in a city. Um, so we're, we're excited about that vision as well. Yeah. Um, how about uh, just some of the unique challenges and opportunities of planting where you guys are? I, I know every, every church plant um, takes on a unique flavor. This, Austin, you alluded to this earlier. We were talking about our, our bishop and his kind of vision to say, I, I've heard him say a lot of times to us, like, I don't know what God's doing in Indianapolis. I don't know mm-hmm. what you should do. Uh, but if you can give me a sort of a missional justification for it, I'll be your biggest fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so what's what's happening in Oak Park and in Nashville that is um, making it challenging? And what are some of the opportunities that you see uh, in the, the cities that you guys uh, occupy? Sandy, maybe we we'll start with you yeah. this time. Yeah. So I would say the biggest challenge is the biggest missional opportunity, which is that Oak Park is very secular. Um, mm, okay. And so there are a lot of churches um, but I know that sounds odd to say those th- two things together, but we're in the Midwest, right? So there's a lot right. of old churches yeah. and then there's, there's some young churches. Um, but the people on the street, the people who literally live on my street are very like anti, uh, Christian hmm. and, and it, even if not actively, and I hope if anybody listens, I mean, I, I mean that in all, that's just where they're at. They've been hurt by the church. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, so they no, don't have a good opinion. In they don't general. have a, yeah. Or a good like, oh, experience. You're, oh, you're a church planner. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. They're, they're at the same time, they're so positive about me as a pastor. Like they're very supportive. It's a beautifully like relational <laughs> community. Yeah. So it's this really, yeah, it's very interesting. Mm. So that I love, that's why we wanted to plant here. Cause we've lived here for seven years. We love the people who are here with us and we mm-hmm. would love for them to have a bigger experience of the good relationships that we have with them with okay. a community of people. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the real missional opportunity that we have. Okay. Very good. Austin, how about you? What What is it about Nashville? Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I think, I think the, they're kind of like one and the same, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so for, for us um, as of 2015, and this is, you know, it's gotten better um, and we're turning in a, in, a, in a good direction. So that's good. But as of 2015, Nashville was the sixth most racially and economically segregated city in America. Mm. Wow. Um, and so, you know, you drive around our city and it's it's crystal clear. Mm. Um, and so I, there, there's a lot that we're trying to lean into um, with that as a parish. Um, also, Nashville is a, a very culturally Christian area. Right. So there's there's literally like I, I, I'm a mile away from a corner where there's literally a church on every corner. Um, and so like, that's a very, like, it's a very common thing here. Um, Mm -hmm. and so like, it's very rare that you're engaging with somebody that's like, no, I'm not a Christian. Um, but like, maybe they just haven't been to church in four or five years, Yeah, you know? And so there's this kind of weird dynamic that you're, you're beginning to really engage with. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're really trying to, you know, help to train, develop, you know, um, nurture leaders that really get this idea of what it means to embody the gospel and the kingdom for mm-hmm. the sake of others. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, one of the biggest ways we can do that is by, you know, both partnering with other churches, the city and our efforts for both racial and economic justice, Yeah. you know, and that's, that's a hard thing as a church plant to kind of step into um, but I feel like we have a great team that's like trying to do the hard work with that. Yeah. Um, and then I would just add on a side, you know, a, a challenge is like just being Anglican in the South. 
You know, it's yes that we have some Roman Catholic churches and so, but it's just it's kind of a it's a shift for people. Yeah. And so yeah. there's a natural side where you said something earlier, and I thought it was really funny, but it's like I'm trying to train people on like what it means to be Anglican while like the same time I'm trying to figure out what it yeah. really means. Yeah. So like yeah. I'll be like teach us to do something, then I read a book, and I'm like, oh, like I totally taught us to do that. Part. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so, yeah, I've had so many of those moments, man. So we've just learned like, to kind of laugh at ourselves with some yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to inhabit a tradition without being able to just immerse yourself in something for a few years or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's good. What, um, uh, so what about this stage of planting? We'll start with you, Austin, this time. What about this stage of church planting is most difficult for you and what's most life giving for you? Mm. Uh, S- Sandy kind of spoke to this a, a minute ago, but I, I would say, um, really for me, it's, it's time management. Okay. Uh, you know, being bivocational. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Being bi- bivocational, trying to, to balance the reality of church planting, of the consulting world where much of my schedule is dictated by other people and clients. Right. Right. Um, okay. At least if I want to keep my job. Yeah. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. And that's kind of important right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And then just balance the week. other vocation, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And we have three kids that are, uh, okay. well, they're about to be three, five, and seven. Yeah. And so that, that keeps our hands pretty full. Mm. And so I would say that, you know, that that's probably a little bit of one of the, the challenges that we're kind of engaging with right now. Okay. Um, I would say the thing that has been most life giving and, and I'll keep this short, but is really just the Holy spirit. Mm. Um, mm. I, I think there's, there's been this over this past year and a half now, um, there's been a deepening of just my trust in the leading of the spirit. Hmm. Um, and I believe that the spirit is on the move. Hmm. Um, and so I've routinely just stepped back and gone like, what in the world? Like, I can't believe that we are where we're at. Hmm. Um, in, in, in so many aspects, whether it's our yeah. community, our teams, our, you know, the, 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 the location that we're able to meet in for next to nothing, um, our finances, you know, so forth and so on. All these things, I just keep looking back going like, man, I remember looking at my wife on, on March 15th of 2020 and saying, this thing's toast. Like, we're done. Mm-hmm. And so I felt, I just feel like the Holy Spirit has kept me humble. Um, yeah. It's made me excited, energized, and I'm just, I'm hopeful for, for what's to come. Mm. That's great, man. Well said. Danny, how about that. you? Austin, I just want to when we were first starting out, there is an older gentleman at church of the savior. Who's just like amazing. And he called me and he said, I just want you to know, and I want your team to know that you think that you're starting out and you've got nothing. And how could this possibly happen with a pandemic? And he said, but wouldn't it just be like God to start with something that seems like it couldn't do it, do it. And then to expand it. And I, I just resonate so much with what you're saying that my, trust in the Holy spirit has just grown exponentially through this time. So thank you for, for yeah. calling that out. It's, yeah. it's really powerful. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I would, I would agree with that. I would also, um, I'll start with the challenge. Um, I would say the most challenging thing right now is, well, I, I kind of already said it, just the logistics, right. Mm-hmm. Um, balancing things, all that kind of um, yeah. stuff. But the joy for me, along with what Austin said is, Every time we meet, 
when I get to say, this is the body of Christ, the bread mm. of heaven, and yes. look in people's eyes, I am so overcome mm. by the gift that it is to stand there and to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just so beautiful to see yes. people come close to the table. Yeah. So that's what's mm. really bringing me joy. Yeah, Sandy, I, I resonate with that as well. I remember I, I had this sense when we finally started worshiping that I was like, this is, this is it. Like this is the thing. This is the thing I've been telling you about. Like this is, the, this is what I've been saying. Like you know, you sort of like you're casting vision, and it's all like this yeah. stuff. It's all in your head, you know. Yeah. And, and you're trying to put it in other people's hearts and minds, and they're, and they're like, okay, I think I, you know, I think I get it. But then, like once you hand them the bread and you and you show them the cup, then it's like this is it. We're doing it. Now. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's beautifully yes. said. Makes making me excited about uh, for Sunday. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Uh, real quick, final question for each of you. What's one thing you wish you would have known before you started planting? Man, that, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was like, everything that I Every- know now, I wish <laughs> yeah. I would have known. <laughs> right. Because maybe I would have just followed that inkling that was like, no, don't do this. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's It's uh, been an incredible joy to to, yeah. to to move in this process. Um, I think, Austin, yeah, go, if I can just, with what you were saying do. a minute ago, like, I wish I would have known that I could trust the spirit as much as I can. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, that's really, yeah, go ahead, Austin. Well, I was just going to say, I I think that really is, I mean, for, for anybody out there that's, that's considering church planting, I I really do believe like that is such a foundational aspect to this whole process is like, Mm. we're not here to, you know, create a, cool hip church and mega church, even though those things might happen, you know, whatever. Um, we're definitely not going to create a perfect church. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Holy spirit has called, you know, um, or, you know, at least we're discerning calls to plant churches and, mm-hmm. and they're, he's calling, um, who you are, where you are, yeah. as you are. And, yeah. you know, with, with that, you know, there's going to be transformation taking place, but like, really leaning into like, okay, God's called me to this. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if this is the case, then he's going to bless it and he's yeah. going to lead it and direct it. And there's, there's a space to be able to step back and like breathe. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah. I think that's, yeah, like right on with what Sandy was saying. I wish like I would have known that at the get go, Yeah, you know, it's just to be able to go, okay, God's called me. Like, I don't have to be Ben. I don't have to be Sandy. I don't yes. have to be Todd. Mm-hmm. or any of the other incredible mm-hmm. church planters in our diocese. Mm-hmm. I can just be who I am. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's been such a relief just to be able to lean into the spirit in that. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's beautifully said, uh, both of you. Thank thank you guys uh, for sharing some of what it's like right now uh, mm-hmm. for y'all in terms of uh, planting. Um, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, how can people find out about your church? Um how, how can people connect if they're interested to hear more um, from you or from your church? Yeah, so we're on Instagram and Facebook, uh, okay. Christ Our Peace. I think there's a dot in the middle of that on Instagram, but you can find uh-huh. us, Christ Our Peace Anglican. Okay. Um, yeah, that's probably the best way. Okay. Facebook. Yeah, same Instagram. here. We're, we're Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm not sure what our handle is, but if you 
look around for Good Shepherd Nashville. It's somewhere, <laughs> it's somewhere, somewhere out there. And then we have our websites, goodshepherdnashville.org. And we, okay. we tend to keep that pretty updated as well. All right. All right. Well, I'll put links to all that in the show notes for you. So Sandy, one last thing. Yeah. Can I say one last thing? I'm feeling a, I don't know, a little inkling here. Hmm. I want to say that trusting the spirit, one of the realizations for me was trusting the spirit does not mean that our church plant is going to last forever Mm. and that God is doing good work right now in my life, in the life of the people that are here. And that is really, really important Um, because I, if so many things can happen, there's all kinds of stuff that happens in the world. I could be struck down. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so I just, I also want to put that out there that it's Mm. not, this isn't a health and wealth gospel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you trust yeah, the gospel, yeah. then you're yep. going to have this great <laughs> booming church. So yeah. I just don't want to set anybody up for that. So yeah. I just wanted to put yeah. that out there. That's a good word. I, I would actually yeah. like as part of this series to have uh, some interviews with, with uh, planters who have had to close their churches. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I think that's, you know, that the specter, one of the reasons people don't plant churches is that the specter of failure looms really, really large. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, in all the questions that ensue, you know, was this, this yes. was I not called or, you know, mm-hmm. what happened? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I mean, I, I think I just want to like eliminate all that mythology and just say, mm-hmm. like, no, you probably called. It's just mm-hmm. like, it doesn't always work out institutionally. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean God wasn't at work. It doesn't mean that this is not going to bear fruit you know, for eternity. Yep. Uh, it just means, institutionally, this isn't a viable thing right now. So yeah. it's all good. I, ben, if you don't mind, I would add to that, like, or, or just share a little brief moment here. Uh, so the church plant that we worked with in Austin, that was a fellow church plant. Um, mm. I would say 80% of those people we are like intimately close with still. Mm. Um, and so we have these lifelong relationships and we, mm. you know, we went through a lot of ups and downs together and like, <laughs> God has kept us together and like those people are supporting us. They're praying for us. They're behind us yeah. um, here and now. And like, if we wouldn't have taken that step, you know, to, to try and plant that other church, like it would have never happened. We wouldn't hmm. be friends with these people. And yeah, so yeah, God does use these. Thank you for saying that, Sandy. Yeah, that's really good. Thanks again, both of you. Thank lovely, you. Lovely to be with you. And thanks for sharing where you're at. Yep. Good to be back. again for listening to this episode of the C4SO podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Email us your thoughts and suggestions at connect at c4so.org.